This is the Coen Brothers talking about making No Country for Old Men. Well, it is kind of what Josh says. We have a plan uh, because we're chicken. You know, we don't want to have to go on. And you, don't, you don't trust your actor? What? No, 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 not, no not the actor, but just in terms of being uh, our own ability to extemporize on this set or, you know, the obligation of extemporizing on this set. We don't want that. We want to have a plan for how we're going to shoot the scene, whatever it is. So we walk in with a plan, which, as Josh, Josh says, is always kind of subject to change. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's a security yeah. blanket. You know, no the, the mythology about Alfred Hitchcock, in, in fact, he was the biggest promoter yeah. of it, uh, was, of the idea. was yeah. that idea that, you know, once, once I actually get on the set, the only thing that can happen is that something can go wrong. He's already made the movie in his head, and, and uh, he was, he also was sort of, you know, very, very prepared to the extent of having pre-thought the movie before he started production. We're not, you know... I'm not even sure that's true of Alfred Hitchcock in reality. I, I don't think he could have made 50 movies without enjoying the process of being on the set and working with people. It's such an extremely social and collaborative process. And, and it, while it's true that we prepare maybe to an extent greater than a lot of other directors, who, you know, that's just part of our process, it's also true that we're, we like the process on the set of actually seeing what happens, being open to what happens when you go on to a, into a new space, when you're working with new people, be the actors or technical people. And we do have storyboards, but actually we don't look at them very much while we're shooting. Mm -hmm. And once they've been done, we, we, we almost never look at the storyboards. We, we have them in the back of our minds and we follow them to a certain extent. But, uh, but, but that changes a lot as we go through the production and this is required watching where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them th through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward i'm your host trey epps and today we're talking about a cohen brothers classic no country for old men now this of course is starring javier bordem josh brolin tommy lee jones you may think, what a powerhouse trio, and you would be right. This film is about violence and chaos and mayhem that ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong and more than $2 million in cash. Now, I always have a lot of questions. I always think about where I was when this film was released. On, on, on second watch, all I could think of was Javier Bardem's hair. Now, <laughs> is that silly? Yes. But I actually think it was a bit more terrifying for me to, I think on first watch, I, I didn't realize that it was what, the 60s or 70s or whatever it was. So for me, it was present day and he had this haircut, which was a very different choice than someone in, the, in this time period getting a trendy, a trendy haircut. I feel like that says something about his character that I don't think I was prepared for. I, I wasn't sure how to take it. We are doing, for somehow, some way, Cohen Brothers back-to-back -back movie week. And it, it was completely unintentional. I wanted to see this film because I remembered it fondly and terrifyingly. And I couldn't put my finger on why. I couldn't, I couldn't place a scene that made me more terrified than maybe watching Javier Bardem drag the air, air gun around. And, and when he did it this time on this watch, it was also very interesting because I, I couldn't help but think, why aren't people murdering more people with air guns? 
I understand it's a much more slow process than a regular gun, but I wondered if this movie somehow had its hand in in more human, more lives being taken, more human lives being taken by air gun. I know that sounds super morbid, but I, I, I was super interested in the influence that this film had maybe on people who, you know, murdered. I don't know. Also, I said this before inside Lewin Davis, but the Coen brothers seemed to really know how to make an ensemble. In that film, it was, it was Oscar Isaac. In this role, it was Javier Bardem in what I think is his breakout role. Sorry, in his breakout role being surrounded by people like Woody Harrelson, for example, Tommy Lee Jones, you know, Josh Brolin, who were all vets in their very own right. But I think I think there's something interesting, especially on display here, where this movie seemingly takes its time in a I don't want to say in like this Western kind of way, but it really it really holds holds on things a bit longer. It really, really tries to suck you into its world and and watching Woody Harrelson come on for a few scenes, you would think, you know, easily that's an Oscar play for, you know, supporting actor or, or something like this. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Or at least it didn't, it, he didn't get nominated for this. And I, I do think that's, again, a, a real gift that the Coen brothers have to surround uh, people who may not have had these opportunities to be in these starring roles and not only amplify their star power, but also allow other people to hop in for a few scenes. In this case, Josh Brolin and, and Tom Lee Jones really were able to share that, that spotlight and have these, you know, these, this worldview of these three protagonists kind of moving forward together. You know, obviously Anton is not a protagonist. He's a, he's an antagonist, but, but, you know, they were all obviously three equal leads in the role, which I thought was fun for me. A, a real scene stealer was a silence. I told you that this movie felt like it was it was dragging you into the world, and I think like it, it does this whole road movie esque where you know we're we're in Mexico, we're in the Rio Grande, and of course the Rio Grande borders Mexico, but it really felt like it was allowing me to to take a journey of some sort, like a, like a geographic journey. Um, and I think the silence really helped with that. There was no music to jolly me along or amplify the mood or the tone or whatever the intended tone was supposed to be. There was no music, and it. It took me by surprise, and I felt at moments where I was like, ooh, like, this is really tense, and I can't figure out what's missing from this or what what, what additional item is, is here. And I think it was that same, I had that same knot in my stomach that, you know, when I watched Barry and they have all these action sequences, I don't have music. Like, that felt, it felt very much present here. And the silence filled those gaps of tension in a way that, you wouldn't think, but, you know, in, in filmmaking, they talk about negative fill and how it, and all of that stuff, you know, taking light away, taking things away. I said this before, I think the Coen brothers are really good at restraint and they took the music away and it allowed for something completely different to blossom from that, from that choice. Of course, you know, every beautiful freaking frame that Roger Deakins paints is, is, is incredible. And I, I only wish to, to have someone of his status make anything that I, I write. But it's it's absolutely the beautiful Midwest, or is that the West? Uh, you know, this beautiful Texas land, and it's fantastic to see. Kelly McDonald is a shining light, in my opinion, especially in this movie. It really felt like, you know, talking about breakout roles, I really thought and hoped that this would be a breakout role for her, and I would see more of her. Checking her IMDb, I did see that she's still working and still doing some great amazing things but like 
really feel like there's more to her that maybe the world isn't able to to get a hold of. And I really hope that the world gets to see more of Kelly McDonald. I, I don't know if that's true. Maybe she doesn't just doesn't enter the world of things that I watch so often, but I, I, I think she was really great in this film for the, for the little screen time that she had. Now, upon talking about, about restraint, here's the one thing that I like to say, you know, how would I make this better? How would I change this movie? And Again, the Coen brothers know exactly how to fill in the blanks or how, exactly how they want the audience to fill in the blanks. Josh Brolin's character dies at the the climax of this film, and we later get to see the aftermath of it, but we don't get to see the events that took place to get him in that scenario. And we didn't need to. I think we all know what the shootout is. We all know the and knew the the severity of him him being hunted him you know the tables being turned and him being the person that's being hunted because of this money so there was a need for that scene but of course there's always a want for that scene the same way i always felt that i wanted to know more about anton sugar felt like he again getting the haircut of the times feels like such a character move that i can't put my finger on for this guy who's seemingly a stone cold killer and and i don't think i don't think the film made clear about whether it's his money or if he was just doing this job for the gang or for, you know, for the people that it was or how we got into this mess to begin with. A different movie would have showed all of these things. And I think because I think about it and it's such a, these things are so divisive to me. It allows this movie to have even more of a impact space on me, an impactful move on me because to be so impactful to me because because I'm able to think about it afterwards, and the movie is living longer than you know after I, after I I've seen it on my screen. I think that's a real true testament. So with that said, I think 100% that this movie is required watching. The, the pace, the tone, the lack of, of 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 music, the the almost fantasy football like ability to perfectly cast people in these individual roles and make them work together as a whole is a feat that is not anything to be scoffed at. Alison Jones is one of my favorite casting directors. She 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 does it so well. I'm not sure if that's her on this, but I, I, that's who I think of when I think of really great casts. I think of Alison Jones being able to pluck people and and with the help of you know other department heads and the writers and directors or showrunners or whomever being able to make these kinds of decisions. And I think the Coen brothers certainly have that and, and continue to have that through their run of films, which is something to take away. It's, it's being able to, yes, envision who you want to be in your film, but also being able to work with those, with those actors and, and make it all seem cohesive that no one's shining light away. Um, and it's instead of playing, playing the game together, making a souffle as it, as it is. So yeah, 100%, 100%. Required watching. Now, required watching is like this episode's done. I really appreciate if you liked and subscribed and left five star reviews on iTunes. I would really, really appreciate you know the algorithms and and such. It would be really, really fantastic. This this podcast, this video podcast, is in all a fan club, and without your help, it only gets shown to a small amount of people. And I would love it to grow and be bigger and better as we get into the new year. There will be giveaways. There will be, we'll be changing things up a little bit for 2023. And I'm excited for where things will be going. And it'll be a lot more involvement for you guys, certainly, because 
Again, it's a film club, and without you, we're nothing. So follow us on all the social media if you want, but more importantly, leave a review, leave a comment, share with your friends. We appreciate it. This is a fan club, not a film club. This required watching is a film club, and we are all fans of movies, I guess, and uh, without you, we are nothing. So please, until next time, we'll see you then.